It's April 5th, 2023. It is time for the run sheet. Grab your paper and your pen. We're going to talk wrestling news. We're going to talk wrestling TV because there sure as heck was a lot of it and is still more to come. I am at Joel Pearl and always by my side here to talk about the wrestling is the one and only Ella. J. Ella, how are you? I'm doing great, Joel. Like we were talking, we're both tired, you know. Um, we've, we're still in the midst of coming off of mania nobody's had a day off in over like a week probably like 10 days at this point so we're just all running and and going on steam i i finally got a good night's rest yesterday (laughs) or two nights ago i should say i don't know actually maybe i did maybe i did well for a couple nights but no i've been i've been up and at it early for the last week solid up up you know up early down late who needs sleep it's it's for the birds right no, we do need sleep. Um, I've been I've been making an effort to get better sleep. I just turn it off, but that's also why um, I didn't watch certain things last week because I was just tired. No, I'll pull that curtain back a bit. I had plans <laughs> to watch so many shows, and I haven't had a chance to catch up on everything because I was usually getting stuff from Sean Ross Sapp because I do yeah. I was doing back end stuff for Fightful during WrestleMania week, like uploading videos, editing them, and all that stuff. And um, I, I had a lot of editing to do, so I missed a bunch of shows, or I tried to put them up on a different screen, but like I had to focus on the video yeah. and the audio and stuff like that. <clears throat> so like I'm still catching up to a certain degree on some shows, and honestly, some shows I'm just not going to be able to watch. I mean, th- th- I mean, I know we were going to talk about it later, but Caden, I, I sorry to disappoint you, I literally didn't watch any non WWE shows last week. <laughs> Well, so, okay, just because we asked, and because we'll, we'll start at the top of the show, Caden did ask a question, and you can yeah. drop your questions every week over at the Run Sheet Pod, or if you follow Ella on Twitter, we'll drop all those handles yeah. a little later, or myself, uh, we drop a questions thread, and we just want to get your, your thoughts and your ideas yeah. and your questions to us. So, Caden, as, as always, I want to highlight indie wrestling. Who was someone from WrestleMania week that you had little <laughs> knowledge of, but completely showed out? Now, I'll give you a chance, Ella. Maybe you knew of somebody who was on the card that you were excited to see and you want to shout them out. Maybe you didn't see the matches, but you at least knew some of the people who were out there. Yeah, I mean, from Ring of Honor, obviously, there was Vikingo and Commander. I heard, I saw from the spots that I saw, at least from clips and stuff, that seemed like to be a fantastic match. Obviously, they're a little bit more well-known in, in recent weeks after getting spotlights on AEW and stuff like that. But from Supercard, from what I saw, that looked like to be a, a great high-flying match that exceeded a lot of people's expectations. Commander also going to be in action tonight if you're listening to us on Wednesday against Sammy Guevara. So there you go. And they're getting there. They're getting out there. And Vikingo was working all over WrestleMania week. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, if you didn't see him uh, on AEW, you probably saw him at a million different shows that he was working on or at Supercard. Uh, for me, I, I always try my best to watch Effie's Big, big Gay Brunch because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of Effie and I love the work that he does. And there was a 10-man tag on that show with some people that I either have seen little of or... Oh, wait, never- is this the clip? Okay, maybe it's not the clip I remember seeing going on, though. Anyway, so Abigail Warren, Anton Voorhees, The Shade, and then Money, Power, and Respect. That's a that's a team. That's Fabuloso mm-hmm. Fabricio and uh, Marco Mayor. Uh, they were with Pollo Del Mar, who was just on the uh, the sessions with Renee Paquette. And by the way, that is worth checking out. Just sidebar, Pollo talking about uh, j- talking about drag queens and 
the the all the stories coming out of Tennessee and legislation mm-hmm. things like that. Poyo speaks very eloquently about what's going on there. So check that out. Uh, so they were in a team taking on Aaron Rourke, Ashton Star, Becca, Dylan McQueen, and Rico Gonzalez. I hadn't seen so many of those people work, but that match was a lot of fun. So go check that out from Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to disappoint, Caden. <laughs> No, you're fine. It was a busy week. We had a lot going on. I was working the entire week. We can't all go to every single show and hope that that's okay. (laughs) It's not what we do. I wasn't going to go to LA. It's it's LA is a hellscape. Sorry to people. So expensive. Yeah, can't do it. I can't. I can't go there. I tried it once upon a time. Cannot stay. Will not stay. I'd still want to go there for like a couple days, but it's just so expensive. It's very expensive. And even like when I went, I stayed in Anaheim and I would commute in. It was just like, Mm. I can't. I don't want to stay anywhere near the city. It's wild. Maybe another time. Anyway, you want to talk about the news? Sure. Unfortunately, we got to start with the big one. And that is Vince McMahon's back. Mm -hmm. God damn, pal. I'm going to come in. I'm going to run the show. And that's what he did on Monday night. And what did it do to WWE morale? It was a huge hit to WWE morale. FIFA Select had a huge scoop on that. You want to talk about this whole uh, Vince McMahon stuff and what he brought to Raw? Yeah, I mean, the big news this week was WWE merging with the the UFC and and Endeavor and all of that. Um, And Vince McMahon said that, you know, he had higher up control of creative, but he wouldn't really doing much in the weeds with the lower level stuff, allegedly anyway. But as we saw, you know, Fightful, our good old Sean Rossap, you know, he's been pretty diligent about putting out the plans for Raw, but all of those who got the email before Raw, you know, we instantly noticed some changes. And there was even clips of Seth Rollins being handed changes, or it looked like he had been notified of changes literally a minute before the he went back on the air, like during the commercial break that they changed stuff. And apparently there was a bunch of run sheets down at production being shifted out like 45 minutes before the show. And yeah, so a lot had changed in, you know, a lot of the women's segments uh, looked to be cut. There was originally, I guess, supposed to be two triple threat kind of contenders matches. Those evidently didn't happen. Instead, we had a tag team bout, which... Great showing by Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Dakota Kai and EO Sky, but a glaring absence was Bailey for some reason. We don't know why she wasn't there to accommodate her partners. Kind of doesn't make any sense, but yeah, it appears that Vince McMahon is back. Um, uh, they said that some of the women were very disappointed that they weren't even at the sh- uh, that a number of them weren't even at the show. Um, and with all the last minute changes, you know, morale seems to be low. And I said Vince was in guerrilla position around the show and did indeed make several changes. And like they said, production and talent were getting instructions as the show went on the air. They made a lot of last minute changes. Uh, Omos versus Elias. Um, there was a supposed to be a segment with Cody talking on a phone and, and something else with Bad Bunny that had also changed. But uh yeah, everything basically got turned on its head at the at the last minute or the day of. So I'll clear up a couple of things. The, yeah. the Seth segment was always supposed to be that way. Uh, okay. From like soup to nuts, it was, it was never changed. Whatever that video was, it mm-hmm. was just like they were in a commercial and mm. he got, you know, got handed a new microphone. Maybe the other one was dying or dead. Who knows? Regardless, that, that was planned. 
Becky was planned to bring her damage control sisters to the ring. That got changed. She didn't accompany them. Instead, uh, she just she was there. She was backstage. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about the tweets that went on where she yeah. said, you know, the, the love story doesn't end or so, basically a tweet that she signed by at the end. And that got a lot of people talking. Mm -hmm. uh, judging by everything. Listen, she was at Raw. She stayed at Raw. She just wasn't on the show. Uh, I don't think she's going anywhere. This is completely my own view. Uh, yeah. Those tweets were specifically about her connection to every member of the yeah. WrestleMania match that she was in. And uh, the love story was basically her explaining why the six woman tag was important to her and how she connected to every woman in there. And then that she didn't win. That was the end of the love story. The goodbye, I think just kind of sent some people over the edge, but by the looks of it, hasn't asked for a release, hasn't been upset about not being on raw. I mean, more than anyone would be, uh, it doesn't seem like there's a walkout or anything like that. So I think there's a lot much to do about nothing going there. And, uh, what else was going on? There were, there was a severe lack of women. We talked about that, you know, just a minute ago. And we'll talk about it when we talk about raw itself. Vince is there. He's back. He just, he, he doesn't care that people feel this way. Uh, Endeavor, the, the new, parents company of WWE when the merger goes through between WWE and UFC they know about what's going on they see the backlash they see how and I'm not talking about the pay-per-view in Puerto Rico coming up they see what's going on they see how people are reacting it all comes down to whether or not that's going to affect the general perception the ticket sales the more important things to them the money side of WWE and their business that will affect how they deal with Vince we'll see how that goes but he's there he's back and we're going to talk more about it when we get to our, our raw chatter. But uh, I, I found it kind of funny. They they tossed on Omos versus Elias in that first hour. Omos was never planned for the show. He didn't have his gear with him. That was the only action for the first hour period. Yeah. The, the show itself, I saw people talking, had like less than an hour of wrestling. Maybe it was yeah. like 40 minutes in total. And that's including a first hour commercial free and then limited yeah. commercials throughout. And there was one match in that first hour because they did the Triple H promo and then they did the Roman Reigns and Cody and Brock Lesnar promo and then they did the everything that came after that. So that ate up a lot of the time. That being said, yeah, Omos came. He didn't have his gear. He was sitting in uh, in catering and someone said, you're up. And he's like, uh, so, hey, man, that's the Vince McMahon staple. Always have your gear, son. He learned, I guess. So that's, that's what happened at Raw. We're going to talk a lot bit about it, but we got to rewind, go to WrestleMania 39 over the weekend. Did you know LA Knight was supposed to be on the show? Yeah. It go. looked like it looked like because Bobby Lashley, after he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, had tweeted out that he like was giving out an open challenge. And so it looked like a lot of us that we were going to finally get the match between LA Knight and Bobby Lashley that everybody had been speculating about to be in place of the... Bray Wyatt, Bobby Lashley match, and it, it looked like they were headed that way. But you know, all Bobby did was uh, kind of parade around with the trophy and then left on WrestleMania. And LA Knight didn't even have a spot on the Mania card. <laughs> I got to say that that trophy, by the way, that's a heavy looking trophy. It is. You got you got to carry that thing. So I'm glad they gave it to Bobby to carry around because God knows if they had had anybody else try and cart that thing, nah, they would have just had them standing next to it doing the arms crossed, the Andre pose and just mm, look how imposing i am for winning this battle royal but no having bobby carted around was was good stuff uh la Knight should have been on the card there should have been something there there should have been some sort of interaction it could have been a squash i don't care people like him rightfully so uh so it's interesting things kind of changed a little bit on night two and 
who knows what that was work wrestling had the scoop and then se scoops is where we get some of our news here on this one uh yeah man this this could have been a fun little thing i don't know why they scrapped it it, a lot of people were talking about it ever since, you know, Bray Wyatt had, had been dealing with the physical issue. A lot of people were like, well, why not L.A. Knight and Bobby Lashley? Um, a lot of people were hoping that would happen, and it looked like it might happen. But evidently, those plans were, as they say, nixed. Yeah, having a guy who, unfortunately, had his prospective WrestleMania match canceled, and then having the guy who is very much organically mm-hmm. over... Uh, not on the card, even for just a little something that that was almost baffling. Could have done something in a four minute segment, something to give fans something to laugh about. But yes. instead, we had to watch Shane McMahon tear his quad. Anyway, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about Finn Balor instead, because his injury was a little more gruesome. Yeah. He had some photos sharing on uh, Instagram of his head staples. Ella, Ella, you watched that match. Helena, I Sell, did watch Edge, it. Edge and Finn Balor. I know you're a big Edge fan. Ballard takes a table to the head. He is busted wide open. Edge is kind of like, what do I do now? I'm going to go play with the other toys on the outside. Yeah, that's what I realized after the fact. At at the moment, I didn't realize Finn was bleeding. I'm like, why is Edge just going around bringing out kendo sticks, like just walking around the ring doing nothing? And then I realized it was to buy some time. Um, I, I don't know if they... It's probably impossible to stitch him up at that point, but I, I assumed that he had some medical attention during that time while Edge was distracting the camera. Yeah, so you could see if you're watching just in the bottom corners mm-hmm. of the screen during that, they, they kind of got a few a medical um, helping out Finn. Yeah. Now, he, he said that he got 14 staples yeah. in his head. And you can listen, if you want to look at these photos, they're gruesome. You can yeah. count them out on the photo. I don't know what they did live. They could have just done the super glue method. I don't know if you're familiar with the super glue method, but it's exactly as it sounds. Uh, Whatever they did, they patched him up for for the rest of the match, got in, got out, and that was it. It was supposed to go much longer, apparently. But uh, as a result of that wound, and it's one hell of a gash, uh, we had Edge go over Finn Balor, and uh, it was honestly probably a good amount of time in that match anyway didn't need to go another 20 minutes am i right yeah i don't know how long the match like went like what the exact time was but i felt it went a fair amount of length it definitely went over 10 minutes probably closer to 15 if what i'm just estimating um but yeah especially with finn getting busted open like that i'm glad that you know i mean we had we had edge go off the ladder finn went through the table and we had the concerto, which uh, the kind of now just thinking about it, like, I wonder if that busted him back open. <laughs> it may have. I don't know. It really depends on how uh, on how Edge's uh, workmanship is because, yeah. you know, you got to pull that back. According to Wikipedia, the match clocked in at 18 minutes and 10 mm, seconds. Yeah. So if it was going to go another 10 minutes, that would make sense considering how the main event went off the air. I was watching the uh, the show with a bunch of people on Fightful over on our, mm-hmm. our Fightful Overbooked. And the first night show went four hours almost exactly. Yeah. And then we started the same time the next night and we were 20 minutes short. So I think there was uh, probably a good 10 minutes cut. Yeah, from there that was also another, out. there was also one last match, but also on night two, you know, they had, had they had the hall of fame stuff. Um, they also, they took forever. They had so many commercials after the, the Ms. Snoop Dogg thing. They had so many commercials before we even got to the start of the main event. So, I mean, that may have also been because of the Hell in a Cell setup. True. And also because they had to deal with 
Shane McMahon tearing his quad. Yeah, fair enough. So there was two things in a row, two injuries in a row that kind of derailed the timing of the show. And that probably put everyone, you know, behind, or I guess ahead of schedule, but behind in terms of trying to yeah. fill it. And they weren't going to have Roman and Cody fill that time any more than they already did. Because, yeah. you know, despite the outcome, the match itself was just really yeah. good between Roman and Cody. Yeah, um, up until, you know, once you saw that ref bump, though, that's when you knew. That's when you knew. I didn't know if it was right then and there for me. I, I kind of had a few different uh, pieces of the pie for that. I, I thought, the, I thought like many, that there was going to be a dusty finish and that we were going to have the match either restarted. Or yeah, just- that, that's what my friend had said after, you know, I was, I was still, I was just floored when Roman got the pin. And then my friend was like, the ref's going to come back. They're going to restart the match. And then Roman just kept moving up the entrance and moving up the entrance. And then that's when my heart sunk and I realized it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Once all that pyro started going off, I was like, nope, we're done. That's incredible. Feel how you feel. But uh, we'll talk about Ron a few minutes and what's come out of that. Let's move out of WWE world. Let's talk about AEW for a minute. Some AEW news. Tony Khan has a... Very important announcement. It's not a huge announcement. It's not a very big announcement. It is, quote, a very important announcement. A VIA, if you will. No, he says it's also a huge milestone. He had a an a interview with Sports Illustrated today that came out. It's going to be, he, he said that this is something he's dreamed about for years, Joel. It's a huge milestone, and he can't wait to talk about it tonight. What's it going to be, Ella J? Let's speculate real quick. It's one of the international shows. It's either going to be Japan or the UK. Like, if he's been dreaming about it for years, like, I mean, I I, I like the UK, but I don't think Tony Khan's been dreaming about the UK for years. So it might be Japan then. Well, he has connections to the UK through this through Fulham, right through his soccer club. Yeah, but has he been dreaming about it for years? I don't know if it's been well. When did they announce the London Calling show for AEW? Right, they kind of sat on that once they yeah. said, "Oh, we're doing it." I think that was around the time they were in Canada when they were mm-hmm. in Toronto. So that's been less than a year. It's about six months. But yeah. if that's something he's been looking forward to, then it could be that. At the same time, today Tony Khan took to Twitter and announced that Nigel McGuinness is yeah. all elite, not part of the Ring of Honor shows mm-hmm. like we saw this past weekend for Supercard when Nigel McGuinness joined the commentary team. No, they signed him, it seems, to yeah. a ring, uh, to a, an AEW deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to where that pans out, but kind of gives more credence to the uh, to the UK show announcement, wouldn't it? Because Nigel is also a Brit. That's uh, true. Well, like I said, Japan or the UK. We'll, we'll see soon enough. Maybe you're, maybe you're listening to us after Dynamite's gone off the air and you're like, oh man, they nailed it. Or, oh man, they whiffed. <laughs> well, nobody knows anymore. Like uh, that's just I think the majority of us think it's going to be like the UK announcement, but like that's the only thing that I can even think of because they've been hyping up, you know, they've gone to Canada, you know, they announced a couple months ago that they were going to go to the the UK in 2023 and it's kind of, you know, the dust has settled from Revolution and After Mania week, you know. So now they're revving up for the summer. So, I mean, I would assume this is probably going to be like a, a July show if it's going to be in the UK sometime in July. I'll add one more thing. He's a big WCW fan is Tony Khan. He's noted that himself. Uh, If the rumors are true that AEW Collision, which is a show that they uh, had filed a trademark for not too long Mm -hmm. ago, if that is supposed to be the Saturday night 605 show, Mm -hmm. maybe that's his very important announcement. That's another milestone because it marks another hour of AEW content on primetime TV. (laughs) 
The man's a promoter. I have yeah. given up long ago trying to put together what Tony Khan's going to give us or yeah. not give us. Because you got to think about it. But what else has he done with these with these major announcements? He did the All Atlantic Championship announcement. Mm-hmm. He did the Trios title announcement. Yeah. He did the Forbidden oh. Door One announcement, which turned yeah. into a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, technically, more. Adam Cole did the whole AEW All Access thing, but yeah, but it started with with him yeah. on screen saying it, and then and then saying Adam Cole is going to wrestle True. on the debut. So listen, Tony Khan has a history of being a promoter. And like I said, he's very good at being a 70s promoter in 2023, mm-hmm. bringing it all to social media where the where the, the views are higher than in the 70s where it's local TV only. Mm-hmm. Anyway, shall we move on? Yeah. Let's talk about Diana Perrazzo. She's got her spot at Impact Rebellion for the Knockouts Championship match. She won the Fatal 4-Way at Multiverse United show over WrestleMania weekend. Brazo beating Masha Slamovich, Giselle Shaw, Mia Yamashita. And I was kind of shocked, but kind of not. Oh, I'm no. excited. And now she goes on to Impact Rebellion to face Jordan Grace and maybe Mickey James. So let's talk about it, Ella J. I think Diana was absolutely the right call. You know, uh, Giselle had just lost to Mickey. Masha had also just lost to Mickey. Um, Miyu is obviously coming in from Japan, so her she was probably making a one-off appearance. So the by process of elimination, Diana Perazzo. And I honestly think um based on some other factors, which hasn't really been like based on some backstage stuff, if Mickey James doesn't get cleared in time, I think, I think we're going to start another reign of the virtuosa coming up at rebellion. But again, that's kind of dependent on if Mickey James gets cleared or not. I still have a feeling that Mickey's going to be part of this match, regardless of her injury status. Yeah. It just comes down to how much she can do when we get to that triple threat match. And if she's good to go, amazing. I'd love to see her get in there and have a full competitive match with yeah. both Deanna and Jordan Grace. But uh, time will tell. That being said, listen, Rebellion's a big show. It's our paper, yeah. one of their pay-per-views quarterly. And this it's is in your neck of the woods. <laughs> gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be in my neck of the woods in Toronto. I'll hopefully be there. Mm-hmm. I'll sort out my ticket situation. But other than that, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be good to watch that particular match and everything else that's coming out because we're gonna start finding out uh, what else is happening at Rebellion starting this week on impact it's gonna be fun yeah i again i'm excited that that's already coming up next weekend so i have i have no idea if mickey is gonna be cleared or not at this point if she is i think that's gonna be so fun obviously she has that history with diana prazo but diana's been sort of coming around lately i think if this turns into a triple threat um, I think Jordan's going to go a little bit more heel because technically they're three baby faces, but Jordan's been kind of teetering a bit lately. Um, so I think Jordan, they're going to pull the trigger on Jordan going heel. If not, then I mean, it'll still be good between Deanna and Jordan. They have their, they have their history. Deanna unseated Jordan in 2020. They had, a, they had a long match before it was a last woman standing match, iron woman match, iron woman match. I believe it was, um, they have that history with each other too. So it's going to be good regardless. You just blew my mind by reminding me that the show is next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I thought I had longer. Yeah, I got to get my 
gear. I thought it was the twenty second, to be honest, for the longest time until I had yeah. to write an article on it that I saw it was the sixteenth. I'm like, oh yeah. Whoopsie. Well, speaking of long times, let's talk about Andrade El Idolo. Mm-hmm. He says his AEW contract will expire yes. quote, very soon. Now he was uh, speaking to Lucha Libre online, and while he was at WrestleCon, had that little news to to drop. However. Um, he's out with injury right now, could have injury time tacked on. And I think he's got a little more than a year on this whole thing. Cause he I signed have... AEW in June, 2021 and suggested mm-hmm. he signed a three year deal with the company. So then that would leave him with another year to go then. Well, he would be yeah, June, 2024 and yeah. plus injury time, because again, he has a mm-hmm. torn pectoral muscle and yeah. just had it repaired, uh, after, yeah. Yeah. All out, was it? November, he said. It was October. Yeah, October was the last time he wrestled. Yeah. But he had surgery in November, it looked like. So yeah. he's he's been off for like five, six months now at this six months at this point. I don't know, man. There's a lot of things going on. There's a WWE UFC merger that's kind of yeah. halting people from getting signed. Uh I think Andrade has the potential to go back to WWE given his current relationship status he is of course married to charlotte flair uh that being said you know is it worthwhile or do wwe want him back does vince want him back is the real question i don't know i don't i don't know if andrade was ever a vince guy i have no idea well he certainly didn't stick around long enough to become one true where else could he go i mean if if tony wanted to keep him he could put him down in ring of honor and just say, Hey, park yourself here for a few months, get the ring rust off and we'll see where we're at after you're feeling better. I feel like he has that. Um, didn't he have a thing with, with Ric Flair and AAA? Ric Flair accompanied him in some appearance yeah. in AAA, right? Yeah. At AAA mania a few years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, he could go to AAA. He could, he could easily go back to Mexico. I don't know if that's what he wants to do. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, it's up to him to tell us what he wants yeah. to do or where he winds up. Yeah. Either way, he's listen, he's a star. He's he's someone who has a lot of potential and still hasn't lived completely up to it, in my opinion. So we'll see where Andrade lands after his contract with AEW is up. Maybe Whatever he'll that may be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, you want to talk about the uh, the wrestling news? You want to talk about the shows? <laughs> I guess. Start with, where do you want to start? We can start with Raw, AEW, or NXT. I mean... Let's just talk about this monstrosity of a raw. <laughs> Let's do it. Triple H comes out. He's got a non-announcement. Now, Ella, I don't know how you felt about this. When Triple H came out, he had a whole lot of thank yous to give, yeah. including the camera crew. He pointed out Stu, who usually was gets pointed out by mm-hmm. John Cena when he did his intros. Um, I don't know how you felt, but this to me felt like he was this close was Triple H to just saying, good night. I'll see you never I quit. It felt like a goodbye. Oh. But the goodbye wasn't goodbye to the company. No. It was goodbye to my position yeah. in Gorilla and as creative director. I mean, I didn't really get that feeling during that, but it definitely became apparent when the segments that Vince was in control. I didn't really feel that. It was just kind of like a, we're not going anywhere to kind of address that. But then to introduce Roman Reigns, who you saw like cheated, like, during the match seemed a little bit weird to me. It's like, I know you watch the show triple H and yet he's like really, really proud of, you know, Roman after retaining after this 
major match against Cody Rhodes, you know, which it was a great match overall, but the ending, it like didn't even acknowledge, I don't like to use acknowledge ironically, but he didn't even acknowledge that, which seemed a little bit weird to me. That's true. It felt very strange and as yeah. almost as if he was going to reprise a character role on screen, which, which I know which it, But that move just itself made it even more apparent that the the only reason that they didn't pull the trigger on Cody Rhodes is just to get to that round number of a thousand days, just to have that bragging right. So Tell me, man, that it became apparent. One thousand days brings us to Saudi Arabia and the King of the Ring. Now I'm starting to get closer to two things. Either he says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna be a part of the King of the Ring, and I'm going to smash and stack everyone, and that you will God, call me no. King Roman, the champion," God, or no. the final will be a, a match, you know, where he loses, or. They're going to do Roman and Brock again. He doesn't lose at King of the Ring. Maybe he does. Maybe they do Roman and Brock and Brock's going to get the titles back. And I know there are some people screaming at their, their, their phones right now and saying, Oh no, Brock can't challenge for the title. It was the stipulation. Vince doesn't give a shit. (laughs) No, I don't think at this point, first of all, Roman's not losing any, any, if there's theoretically any title matches before, king of the ring they're just filler at this point but there's really no big big pay-per-views you know we have backlash cool king of the ring cool that's more of a gimmicky type of thing money in the bank you know they could do but that's more solely focused on the money in the bank aspect which leads us to SummerSlam, as to me being the earliest time that roman could uh believably lose his titles which again is still fucking four months away you've heard the uh the madison square garden I, I have seen that with the tie to Dusty and all of that, but like, you know, like to is it is that a Raw or a SmackDown? What is Smack- that on? He's not going to lose on a SmackDown. They'd have to really, 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 really push yeah. that SmackDown as a massive event. Yeah. That being said, they'll call it Bash at the Beach. Um, no, they won't. Uh, I don't even know. I, I'm starting to, I'm seriously thinking that they're just going to run back Brock and Roman and Saudi and Brock's going to win. And then Cody's going to beat Brock one more time at SummerSlam. Well, does, okay. So the Saudi show, oh, that's the 28th. That's the thousandth day. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was thinking that it was the 27th and I'm like, isn't the thousandth day the 28th? And because they're ahead, it would technically be the t- the thousand and first if they mm-hmm. do the match late enough. I still don't think he's not going to lose at King of the Ring. No, who knows? I've just like lost all faith at this point. It was a very I strange raw because of it. everything that went on. I after know, Spania and everything. No, one thing I did enjoy, to be perfectly honest, yes. I did enjoy the Cody and Lesnar stuff. So did I. That. Cody and Brock Lesnar are going to have a really good feud. Whether Cody, sorry, whether whether Brock Lesnar is physically there or not, mm-hmm. Cody's going to carry that thing. And yeah. I don't want to hear every week. So what do you want to talk about? I don't. I'd rather see. Brock some doesn't more- talk a lot, so. But he does. He has yeah, been sometimes, talking. Yeah. Maybe Face Brock was talking, and I True. wouldn't mind it if maybe Roman says, "Wise man." We're paying him off and you're going to be the advocate for the next few weeks while Brock takes care of my problem of Cody Rhodes. You can speak for Brock. 
and then Roman's off TV for however long. I don't love it because the titles are off the screen, but at least titles we're are off the screen, screen half the time anyway. Exactly, it's there. So you could do Cody and Lesnar with a little yeah. bit of Paul Heyman involved, but I also don't need to see Cody and Paul Heyman continue to go back and forth on True. the microphone. Let Cody and Lesnar be a very physical feud because Cody and Roman was not. Yeah. They didn't touch until Mania, which again, I liked it, but now we have Brock Lesnar who beat the shit out of Cody for a solid 10 minutes to end Raw. Yeah. Let's have fun with that. I did um, I did enjoy that little spoof. I mean, I was expect I I mean, I was expecting Brock to turn on Cody like, you know, after the bell had rung or at the end, but he didn't even wait he didn't even wait for the bell to ring before attacking Cody. That was a good swerve. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed that uh yeah. The, everything that came from that. I didn't expect yeah. Lesnar to follow through with a tag match because no. he's a hired gun, but man, it was great. I really enjoyed yeah. that uh, that beat down. Listen, it's going to... There, there's still a lot of, of feelings and people in their feelings about the ending to WrestleMania, but there's I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch this for a bit. I don't feel great with Vince McMahon at the helm right now, yeah. but I do feel good about uh, the beat down and the start mm-hmm. of Cody and Lesnar. I mean that. I mean that's a that's a feud I'm invested in. Again, I still wish Cody had the title, but I, I will admit, yeah, that's a feud I am invested in. But it's just at this point, like, is Roman just going to disappear from television and then not pop up till freaking end of May? That's what it's looking uh, like. Yeah, he'll probably take a few weeks off, show up at the beginning of May to start hyping eight, King of the Ring. Eight, oh my god! Yeah, that's a full month off for Roman. That's yeah. the deal he has. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you've got an intercontinental champion and a U.S. champion who are having really good matches and feuds that you can at least lean back on. I'll take that. I mean, that's what they've been doing for the last year anyway. So Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Who's next for Bianca Belair? What do you think? Because they didn't bring her out until 10 o'clock. I literally don't know. I literally, I thought, you know, maybe, I thought if we were going to get an NXT call up that it would be Zoe Stark. I don't think Zoe would have won, but obviously Zoe just had a match last night against Indy Hartwell and on NXT, which she lost. So I don't think that that call up is happening anytime soon. Honestly, I I couldn't tell you. I I, I if it is somebody, it's not going to be somebody that can beat her. I think her versus Chelsea would be a really fun match, but obviously Chelsea wouldn't win that for me. Like I would like to see Piper Niven be built up a little bit. I think that those two could do something really really cool with like the. T- I mean, we've seen them tease it before, but like the tests of strength that they could really do one on one, I think could be really cool. But there's. There's nobody right now that can believably beat Bianca Belair. Not to say that there can't be great matches in there, um, but I have no idea who could even conceivably beat Bianca that's not tied up with the championship like a Becky is. It's Asuka. At I think it still is Asuka? Yeah, I do, because this now opens the door for a more pissed off, more serious, mm-hmm. and more driven oscar having suffered a loss another loss at wrestlemania why not have her come out and be pissed off and get another title shot by beating down bianca Mm -hmm. you know play play to her strengths have fun with that i'm i'm okay with that but you know they obviously oscar's having some time off now to uh i guess reflect and be even more pissed for when she comes back (laughs) 
and that could be very soon until then. I mean, you can run one title match or at least yeah. have some mini feud that kind of keeps yeah. Bianca, you know, in the in the fray. Uh, we had Bianca come out and then you had Rhea Ripley, the new SmackDown yeah. Women's Champion, come out and kind of do the face-to-face and say one day we're going to face each mm-hmm. other. It feels like a WrestleMania 40 main event, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm here for it. I don't know how you do it, though, because both women have won the Royal Rumble. Do you have one of them become a two-timer? Does Rhea Ripley go back-to-back? Uh, the other theory, um, again, though, both of them would have to. I guess you don't necessarily need the titles, I guess. Um, but some people were saying that they might unify the titles, which they should absolutely not do, in my opinion. I agree. Um, but that's that's also assuming they hold on to the titles for another year. Um, which would just be insane. Not 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 impossible, but just insane. I don't expect it. Then again, I didn't expect Roman Reigns to retain his championship. Huh. Uh, but I could see them trying for a unification thing. They they kind of did it though already. If you want to count mm-hmm. the uh, the three way at WrestleMania 35, True. it was winner take all. But it was still like you know you got, it. yeah yeah they still okay. split them again. That was like the best case scenario in, if yeah. you were to apply it today. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I just have a feeling that next year that's going to be one of the main events. And that's fine because oh. that, that's a match people want to see. I know. I, I'm I'm here for it. But obviously right now, we don't know still if a draft is happening. But obviously Rhea is going to be designated to SmackDown now. I still think she'll pop up on Raw because the Judgment Day are there. Or do the Judgment Day follow her to SmackDown we don't really know. I think Rhea Ripley is going to be floating between shows personally. I do too. I don't know if they're going to have her kind of split away from Judgment Day since they were all big losers at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I think once we get to Backlash, we'll have a better idea of what's going mm-hmm. on because there's going to be a collision between oh, yeah. Bad Bunny, Rey Mysterio, and then Dom Mysterio and Damian yeah. Priest because we started setting I'm that excited up. For that. I, I, man, Bad Bunny really is a bad bitch, man. That, that was, you know, not many celebrities will take table spots. You know, Bad Bunny, you can tell, is fully invested in really wanting to work in the WWE and like do some spots. So uh, obviously, Damian Priest put him through the table. I, again, that was one of the the few highlights from the show that I genuinely enjoyed. It makes sense. A lot of people, a lot of us were kind of anticipating Ray to align with Bad Bunny to do something with Dominic and Judgment Day. So now they're planting the seeds for it and I'm here for it. Yeah, me too. I'm really looking forward to how we uh how we navigate that storyline, but mm-hmm. I mean Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio along with yeah. potentially this LWO Santos Escobar, yeah. Legado del Fantasma, whatever they call themselves, that's going to be a lot of fun and and it's going to be good stuff. Um yeah, that, I'm I'm ready to move on past Raw cuz that was some good stuff that came from Raw. Yeah. That was the, the really the only good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move on to AEW. We already talked about TK's very important announcement, but I just found out that AEW picked up Adam Hopkins, and Adam Hopkins is the former WWE. Oh, oh, that's yeah. a big hire. Oh, wow. That's a really big deal for for anyone who maybe isn't in the know. Uh, Hopkins was was very well liked at WWE by literally everyone in and out of the company. And this is a really big opportunity for AEW to do some, some really good work on their comms because they need some Oh, wait. I'm looking this up now. What's his official title in AEW? I'm assuming it's the same. Oh, that's, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to whatever they're going to do because he... <laughs> That Hopkins would likely work on the PR side and help yeah. him 
helping in that area. So there you go. A PR hire. Whew. They need that for AEW. Let me oh, tell yeah. you. Uh, by the way, kudos to PW Insider for for getting that uh, out there tonight. So, wow, good stuff. Maybe that's the announcement. That's what Tony Khan's been dreaming about for years. Yes, he's always wanted Hopkins. <laughs> I get it. He wants Adam. He's like, I want Adam Hopkins. And everyone's like, not Adam Cole. Like, no, I have Adam Cole. It's fine. Why not add another bit Adam in AEW? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I've got Adam Hangman Page. Good yeah. enough for me. Anyway, let's talk a little bit more AEW. Tonight on the show... We're going to get FTR versus the guns for the tag titles or FTR <laughs> leaves AEW. What are we so, doing? So, so like I've found out some information, <laughs> so they haven't formally announced anything yet, but um, this is going to be a really telling sign um, if they stay or not. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but um so I'll just leave it at that. This is going to be really telling for people that if they stay or not. <laughs> oh, no. Do we want to break this on the air and then just tell people to fast no, forward? No, because it, it's not my scoop. <laughs> okay, fine. The scoop will be given once it happens yeah. on the show. Yeah. We won't. We, the run sheet is not about scoops. We're about analyzing <laughs> professional wrestling. That's what we do here. If you want the scoops, go subscribe to Ella Select. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's let the match itself. I'm looking forward to it. I think up until yeah. literally this past Monday, a lot of people were like, mm, there's a chance that FTR goes back to WWE. And then after what happened on Monday, <laughs> a lot of people are more like, oh, no. Okay. That's <laughs> Granted, well, no. You know, they made their decision before this whole Vince thing happened before all of this. Keep that in mind, though, too. So, I mean, yes. you, you never know. But I, I definitely have to agree with you in that department. I don't see them going back there anytime soon. Absolutely. So it's going to be a good match. Looking forward to it. Maybe new tag champions or maybe bye-bye AEW for FTR. For the trios titles, House of Black defends mm-hmm. against Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't expect much other than a good match from House <laughs> of Black in yeah. this team. Uh, anything else you want to add to this? Or we're Cassidy's going to have something, some funny, like ironic spot with with one of the members of House of Black. That's just, That's really all I got. <laughs> He's going to spit orange juice at House of Black instead of uh, House of Black spitting, um, spitting black mist. Well, I mean, black hides stains, so like it won't have much effect unless it's to their face. But also, orange juice is very acidic. It burns. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I hope they have some um, non-cheap fabric. <laughs> <laughs> they got to use that face paint. Exactly. To cover up. Anyway, that's for the trios title. Jamie Hayter defends her women's world t- title against Riho. Uh, Riho, do you think she'll bring that giant oversized novelty pipe with her? Oh, I think I think that'd be fun. I I think so. That'd be fun. This match, regardless. I mean, Jamie's you know Jamie's retaining regardless. But this is going to be like a really fun, hard hitting match. Like Riho, you know, is uh, the crowd is behind Riho. The crowd's also behind Jamie. These two, I think, are going to be. It, uh, uh, what's it called a dark horse of the evening mm-hmm. and it's going to be a match that's built more on respect because yeah. they're working together or at least Riho's yes. had Jamie haters back over the last few weeks against the outsiders or maybe do we see some sort of outsiders interference and it leads to maybe a disqualification as I mean, it's possible. As it happens. yeah and then it turns into a no contest yeah I mean that's possible I didn't even think about that but yeah it's possible that this just turns into a no contest because the the outsiders just attack everybody in the ring <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a rarity in AEW. It's even more rare in the women's division. So yeah. 
this could be the week where they try it or they're just going to have but Jamie it, it makes Re- it Reho. makes sense though to do it yes uh, and again like Riho losing the match to Jamie Hayter doesn't really hurt anybody either because they go through a good match they have yeah. you know a really good finish and then they shake hands and then as they shake hands the outsiders swarm the ring and mm-hmm. you know then we start that build again to that side of things yeah Anyway, let's move on to NXT before we head out of here. Uh, because NXT this week rare is, is a very big, rare moment. A better, <laughs> a better post-WrestleMania show than Raw. Yeah. So, Braun Breaker finally turns. He took out Mello and Trick at the end of the show. Yes. Mello was having a celebration in the ring, saying all the nice things about how he... What, what you saw was that Mello showing respect to Braun and then how he beat Braun, even though he cheated to win. But that's not important here. Braun comes out, shakes Mello's hand, and then as he's getting out of the ring, Mello kind of turns to bring him back in. And then Braun just beats the shit out of Mello. <laughs> and Trick. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah. This is something that Braun Breaker needs. Yes. Uh, we need to try and do the, this particular story or this particular character with Braun where he is just badass. Honestly, just like his uncle. He just needs to be like <gasps> his uncle Scott. Okay. <laughs> His dad's a piece of shit. I don't want to talk about his daddy. I want to talk about his uncle, who, to my knowledge, hasn't said any stupid shit. So, yeah, get chainmail on his head and start talking like Uncle Scotty. Yeah, you know, I like we were talking about a couple weeks ago. You know, I wanted to see what Braun Breaker could do without the title, and I mean, they wasted no time. This is the edge that really Braun Breaker kind of needed. You know, it felt like you know. Not that he was getting stale, but like he needed something new. And this is giving him something new and something fresh, especially after losing the title. So like I said, I wanted to see what he could do, what he was made of after he lost the title. And this heel turn makes me excited, more invested in him as a character, even though even without the championship. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm now I want to see the rematch. I, it's no longer about respect. It's about yeah. two sides that are absolutely going to be gunning for each other. So let's let's do that. That'll be a good match probably at Battleground in Lowell, mm-hmm. Massachusetts uh, on the same night as AEW Double or Nothing. Yes. <laughs> Either way. Uh, Noam Dar from NXT UK made his NXT TV USA, whatever you want to call it, debut. And uh, he showed up with the Heritage Cup. I love was Noam. Noam, was Noam, Noam Dar's been on Raw before? I'm pretty sure. He, yeah, but as a cruiserweight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that? Because he was part of the Cruiserweight Classic back in 2016. And the reason why I loved him was because he was the Israeli-Scottish guy. Yeah. And as a Jew, I was like, whoa, that's weird representation, and I'm all (laughs) for it. The Israeli-Scottish, I mean, Mm -hmm. that that stands out. Anyway, the Scottish Supernova is back. He is Mm -hmm. on NXT TV. Like I said, he brought out that Heritage Cup, so they'll probably do a few of those British rounds rules on NXT TV. Mm -hmm. Don't hate it. Uh, but he, he showed up during the, which match was it? The Nathan Frazier and uh, Dragon Lee match. Mm-hmm. I feel like, it, it, like you said, if they're going to have like the, the British rules thing going on, they've had a number of NX, former NXT UK talent coming over. So it kind of makes sense. You know, there's there's now a fair, fair percentage of the roster that has come over from NXT UK. There has been, and it's an opportunity for them to kind of explain what, made their um what made their product different Mm -hmm. and maybe play on that as nxt europe starts to potentially build sean michaels was kind of saying it's on the way who knows Mm -hmm. but no i'm dar showing up is just fun because honestly that show that he did on on nxt tv on uk tv the supernova sessions really good stuff (laughs) 
he's I a great seen talker. It, but... he's, he's a great talker. He's very funny. Mm-hmm. Got great comedic timing and he's a great wrestler. So he can't really get angry about that. Uh, Andy Hartwell is a new NXT women's champion. She won the ladder match much yes. to the surprise of most. And uh, she had her first defense against Zoe Stark this past Tuesday on NXT TV. What do you think of Indy winning? And what do you think of the match with Zoe? Um, so I was happily surprised to see Indy win. I think that was kind of unexpected because like we mentioned before, as of, you know, since for a while, she's kind of been that Dolph Ziggler of NXT where the new people coming in or the new faces to NXT kind of go through her so they can get a win and kind of build a foundation for themselves on NXT. So I feel like that was kind of maybe the person we least expected to win, even though she's kind of been, she's been in NXT longest out of anybody in that match. So it was a pleasant surprise to see, you know, Dexter was there. They had the four out of the five reunion of the way minus Austin theory. That was a good surprise. Zoe Stark again, veteran in the game. She has main roster potential. I think they, those two have been really been the veterans in NXT going in there. It was a solid match, a solid title defense for it. But I think after the uh, surprise attack from Cora Jade, I feel like the picture has kind of become clearer as to why Indy Hartwell won the title. Um, there's, and I, it, it pains me, but it appears she might just be a transitional champion when I think she's perfectly capable of appealing and carrying the women's division forward. You know, she's already carried and put over a bunch of the newer girls, but with the kind of, you know, resurgence of Cora Jade, Tiffany Stratton still watching her, it appears to me she might just be a transitional champ. It's not the end of the world to have her be a transitional champion. Yeah. If the hope is that this is the final shine that she needs yeah. to inevitably be called up. I don't yeah. know what, what that looks like or where that stands right now. But if she's going to have good matches and prove that as a champion, she can yeah. carry not just the title, but also a few matches, then I welcome it. Uh, Zoe Stark is really interesting as a first challenger because she is someone who can either eat the L as an immediate first challenger and not be affected or go through an entire process of a storyline and then eat the L and still be unaffected as a challenger. I'm not so upset that they went right away for it because Zoe is a good wrestler. Mm -hmm. And then having Cora Jade return, it's time. And then she's confronted, Cora Jade is, by Lyra Valkyria outside uh, in the parking lot because Lyra was the first or the last person that Cora Jade had any interaction with. So I'm looking forward to that match eventually maybe determining when Indy Hartwell faces them for the the NXT Women's Championship. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to get a title defense maybe even two before battleground next month. I think Indy's going to have one or two more title defenses before we get to that battleground stance, kind of establish herself as a champion. Exactly. So lots of, uh, lots of women's stories coming down the pipeline and Roxanne, like you said, Roxanne Perez is still around. We got to figure out what to do with her. I don't know where they go from here with her. I really don't. She was happy to see Indy win. Yeah. But but still, she's going to want that title back. Yeah. We'll see. We did it. We conquered the rung sheet we for did. another week. Hello, let's get out of here. Tell the people <laughs> where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at it's Ella J. If you go to the link in my bio, all my links to all my podcasts and writing and all that good stuff is all there in one place for you. Easy enough. I am at Joel Pearl, J O E L P E A R L. I don't know. I'm on Fightful Bunch, Fightful Overbooks. You are. 
I just, I live there. Despite my better efforts, I'm like, hey, I'm free! And everyone's just like, hey, that's nice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.